Hey, what's up, Kalen here. In this episode, I talk with Mike Sudik. Uh, Mike's a guy I connected with recently on Twitter. Uh, we uh, talk in the episode about um, issues related to being a father, being present at home, kind of balancing out uh, you know, entrepreneurial, the entrepreneurial drives and, and when you're kind of a driven uh, person, how you can balance that out at home, um, how to kind of just be present at dinner uh, and things like that. We also talk a little bit about homeschooling. They're also a homeschooling family. He's a father of four kids. Uh, and uh, so he has a podcast called Two Cent Dad, the number two cent dad. Uh, he's in interviewed some interesting people, including Jason Calacanis and DHH. Uh, so you should check that out if you're interested. You can find Mike on Twitter, uh, at Sudik, S-U-D-Y-K. Uh, Mike works at EC Group, where he helps people build uh, offshore development teams. So they have kind of a cool model uh, that they use to help people build teams. And he also has a weekly newsletter with tips for people that uh, lead teams uh, called Waypoints. And you can find that at Waypoint HQ, W-A-Y-P-O-I-N-T-H-Q. Uh, so with no further ado, I hope you enjoy the episode. All right, Mike, we are recording, brother. Um, so it was good to connect with you recently and check out your podcast a little bit. You've had some pretty impressive guests um, on your podcast, Jason Calacanis, DHH, and uh, where you talk about, you know, uh, Two Cent Dad, we talk about kind of being a dad. And I think that's something that isn't, you know, I think that there's a need there, but I think a lot of us dads is something that we think about, struggle with, want to get better at. Um, and, you know, I tweeted out your podcast recently and I had a buddy reach out and say, hey, man, I really I'm struggling with, you know, how to be more present with my kids, you know, how to put the phone down. I think we all struggle with that. And so, um, you know, I just want to talk about some of those things with you. Yeah, thanks. It's a pleasure to be on a walk with you, Kalen. There I know this go. is a walk and talking, so it's a pleasure to be. That's it's right. like I'm there in spirit. So that's right. That's <laughs> um, right. Yes, is you know you, it, it, the the podcast has been interesting because it was it's totally a side uh, passion project, but it's I think addressing a need of you know entrepreneurial driven people that are also fathers. Most of the time, they're pretty young fathers. Like recently, you know, kids that are under like five years old. Yeah, and I think there's a, just a huge need because there's all there, it's all this talk about hustle, all this talk about like just killing it and 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 especially with entrepreneurs or like solopreneurs and it's like man like that they need to balance that out a little bit to people that have families because you, you know you don't want to sacrifice your family on the altar of success so to speak yeah and then wake up and your you know your kids are moving out and they they hate you or whatever and you've kind yeah. of wasted that time you know yeah yeah you, you talk about you, you mentioned the using your phones and i had actually just the other day I was responding. We were having some issues at work and I, it was like at six o'clock and when I'm at home, we just had dinner and my seven year old's like, you're, you're on your phone a lot, dad. Oh, that's where it gets you right through the heart when they're old enough to, yeah. to kind of make that realization and tell you stuff that you're like, hey, you shouldn't be talking to me like that. But you know, it's like 100% true. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've had my daughter do that a couple of times, my nine-year-old, where she's like, you're always on your phone. And I'm just like, ah, like that, that's where it really gets you. And, um, 
I mean, and you, want a, to you want to respond like, yeah, but I'm home for dinner like every night or like, hey, you know, yeah. <laughs> you want to like, like, like almost like debate with this, yeah. this young child yeah. and with you're like, that's you. not right. <laughs> yeah. You immediately want to justify yourself. And then as you're doing it, you kind of catch yourself and you're like, she's right. Like, she's right. It's as simple yeah. as that. And, uh, and I think those moments kind of get you to, um, you know, everybody's on some kind of a journey in this area, uh, some, you know, somewhere on a spectrum. But I think those moments kind of gut check you and, and get you to reevaluate, try to tweak, try to improve things. Um, what's your, like, how do you try to deal with screen time, phone stuff with yourself, work life boundaries, email at night, all those, like, how, what's, what are your policies around that kind of stuff? I wish I had a good answer for that. Um, but I, I really, I think the biggest thing that I try to do is get home for dinner and, and have dinner with the family. So it's interesting. I guess I'll back that up a little bit. Like one book I recently read, which is Atomic Habits by a guy by the name of James Clear. And he mm -hmm. talks about kind of focusing on habits more than focusing on goals, which is not necessarily a new concept, but it is a different yeah. perspective. You know, when you talk about business, your personal life, fitness, whatever, saying you got to basically love the process, not the result and the results yeah. will come. Yeah. And I think there's a heavy correlation there with um, parenting, you know, and being an intentional parent and father. And I think, you know, saying, okay, I'm going to stick true to these, these things, which is, okay, we're going to have dinner every night together. And it's not going to be necessarily this magical thing every night, yeah. but we know that if we do that, that's going to increase communication with the family, me and my yeah. wife, or, you know, just designated time together. That's not yeah. just some big event. Right. So I would say that's one thing I try to hold sacred and yeah. say, we're, you know, my wife and I have both said that, you know, we want to hold true to these habits. We don't always, you know, we're not perfect, obviously, but yeah. that's, that's one thing I would say, like system we try to do. Um, yeah. So that's a, a positive. I think that's, no, I think that's huge. I think dinner and, and, and honestly, I think for anybody that is struggling in this area, because, and feeling kind of like, man, I don't, I don't even know where to start. I think dinner is a great place to start. It's, it's whether it's, uh, 45 minutes, an hour, hour and a half, even a half hour. I mean, I remember a lot of times I would just rush through dinner, 20 minutes, be distracted on my phone. I mean, it, it feels, it feels horrible to think about now, but a lot of, a lot of us are in that place. And I think just saying, Hey, we're going to carve out this time. We're going to focus on talking, connecting, communicating with your spouse, with your kids. Um, is is a is a huge uh even though it's not a lot of time like it's not out of 24 hours in a day uh it's not a huge amount of time but it's it's quality it's building those habits of connection um because otherwise like you can go through like multiple days without really any real connection time you yeah. know you can go for a week where you're you, you haven't really sat down together looked each other in the eyes and really connected um, so I think that's, that's, that's powerful, man. Just dinners. Yeah. And I think it's like, it, you don't just don't, don't put too much pressure on it. You know, I think the analogy, which I do all the time, you know, it's always like, Oh, we gotta have this like a really good connection time or we gotta go yeah. do some big event as a family. And it's like, nah, that's 90% of life is in the small little moments, you know, and if yeah. you can actually be present there. And, and the thing is, it's like, for me, I feel like for me, and it's probably with you, it's like, 
what you're doing on your phone is really not that important. It feels important, <laughs> but it's like, yeah. okay, I'm, I'm, I am going to, if it is somewhat important that has to happen like that day, it's like, just do it when the kids go to bed. Like, and just like, yeah. if, if it's as much as like you're on your phone and it's like, okay, I got to email this client or I got to like address some issue by the end of like midnight that night. It's like freaking use Siri and say, set, you know, remind me at 9.30 PM to email Bob or something, yeah. you know, and then yeah. just set it down and forget it, you know? And it's like, yeah. I don't do that all the time, but when I do, it's like, it's mentally off your plate and then you just engage, you know, it's like you're, I, yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't know what to add to that. Of, <laughs> yeah, lots and lots of little things you can do to just kind of keep that, carve that time out. And uh, yeah, it, it's funny, like you said, like it's not always this magical, great connection time, especially with young kids. So much of the time is like 50% of the time you're trying to get your kids to stop fighting with each other. The other 30% of the time you're trying to get them to actually eat their dinner. And, you know, if you're lucky, the 20% of the time you're actually talking about something. Um, and, and it's, um, I remember when I was trying to start carving that time out and struggling with it and getting really discouraged, like, ah, oh, man, this isn't even, you know, this, this kind of sucks. Like, what's the point? Uh, but when you just try to build that habit, uh, and, you know, some days are just like, ah, well, that wasn't the greatest dinner. But over time, they build, they get better, and, and uh, you know, it's a, it's a great thing to have in place. The other thing that I found is um, just having decompression time in between, like when I'm coming home from work. So I don't work from home, which I, I know would be harder. Sometimes I work from home, but I have about a 15-minute commute. And so sometimes right. I would call my wife on the way home, and just we would catch up on the day. And, and I found that actually I told her, I was like, I need to just not – call you right when I get in the car yeah. because I need to just mentally decompress because I need to yeah. wind down all those thoughts I have of like, and especially, and two, it's like even structuring your day to like not work right up until you're going to walk out the door. So you're not like your mind's not just spinning on things, but just having that mental kind of wind down time. So you can be engaged because yeah. like, like you said, like when you're at the dinner table and you're just like frustrated, most times for me, it's because I'm thinking about other things that I'm maybe stressed about. So I'm not yeah. in the moment. And then you're just dealing with like the fight that breaks out of the dinner table or the yeah. dish that falls off and breaks everywhere, yeah. you know, yeah. like all that stuff that's, that happens every day. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, but how you respond in those, in those moments is so huge. You know, yeah. I'm a strong believer. Be- I don't always do a good job with that, but I'm a strong believer that that's where you teach your kids that they learn from those. They don't learn. It's not, this isn't the freaking movies, you know? It's not like they learn when you're like sitting on the porch, the perfect sunset, <laughs> and they have the perfect like 30 minute speech about life and yeah, how to live life. It's yeah. like, no, it's all these little moments, how it's you respond in those moments, that's yeah. what shapes who they are, you know? Yeah. I think, and it can be hard to differentiate between the kind of the me time that you actually need versus the time that you don't you're being selfish like with the phone time because uh, when you're kind of it's all blended together and you kind of feel guilty every time you're doing something for yourself Uh, but then like you realize there's a big difference between you know pulling out the phone when you should be with your family versus that time that you need to uh, decompress to unwind to get ready so like for me like in the mornings I always get up and I walk my dog and sometimes my kids are up and I, and I make my coffee, I get out, I walk the dog and sometimes they want to play and stuff. And, and now I got to the point where I'm like, look guys, I'm not, I'm not awake yet until I get back from the walk. And, um, 
so you know then when i'm back then i'm i'm, I'm focused i'm trying to be present but i think you definitely need uh times whenever it is where you need that time for yourself so that you can be present, you know, in other times. Yeah. And I would say, I think think you're absolutely right. Like that, the there's, that's a fine line sometimes, you know, I would, I struggle as I assume most people like you and entrepreneurs that are kind of more driven. I struggle with the extremes because I'll go into modes where I don't feel like I need any me time. And then what happens is I'm kind of in like superhero mode, right? You're like, I don't, you know, I'm just like, I'm working really hard at work and then I just get home. I'm going to be like all about like being engaged with the family. And then I don't kind of put on my, yeah, I don't put on my oxygen mask and then I get burned out. And then I, then you end up doing stuff that you don't let, you know, you're snapping at your kids more because you're, you don't have any of that time. That's, That's exactly what I would find myself doing sometimes in the mornings because sometimes I'd see them. I'm like so happy to see my kids. They're looking so cute in the morning and then I'll get excited. I'll start wrestling with them. I'll start playing. And then 15 minutes in, I realize like I'm out of gas and they're just getting started. And so I try to kind of carve that out where I'm like, no, I, I'm not really awake yet. Um, yeah. Because yeah, like I think you get in this thing where when you're kind of a high performing type person, uh, you know, you want to be perfect at your job. You want to be the perfect dad on the weekends. You want to, you know, have something fun and interesting to do. You want to be the whole week. You want the whole weekend to be great. And then it's like 11 a.m. on a Saturday and you're just like, oh, man, I'm, I'm like getting distracted. I'm out of gas. And I think you just got to find ways to, to structure your days that, you know, you have enough time for yourself, enough time for other people. It's kind of like to... I think the fit, I mean, I didn't really ever articulate this that much, but I think the fitness analogy is so true. It's like, if you're, if you're putting in the hours at the gym, like the hours with your family, whether that's like around the dinner table or whatever, you're going to see results. And that's where the magic happens in all those reps and sets, not in some big one-time session, you know, where you're going to, you're two hours at the gym. So it's like, that doesn't really move the needle. Whereas yeah. sometimes we, it's like, okay, we're gonna take this big trip, this one vacation once a year. It's like, yeah. okay, that, that's good. I'm not saying don't do that, but it's like, don't be fooled to say that's all you can do and you're gonna you recoup it all. You know? Yeah, and sometimes you take the big trip and sometimes it doesn't go so well. You know, sometimes <laughs> you're, you're fighting, you know, you're whatever, like, yeah. And then that can be really discouraging. And then you're like, ah, oh, you know, this is, this is just not working. Um, so that's I had a, one that's time at the gym and then I pull a muscle, you know, dang it. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. You're like, I'm done with this. No, it is. It's the day to day. You don't see it. You kind of don't, you're like, am I, am I a good dad? Am I, you know, like, am I doing this right? You know? And, and, uh, I think day to day, you know, it, it, it adds up over time to where instead of them saying you're always on the phone, they have a different mental picture. Um, of how you spend your time and how you prioritize and things like that. And I think I, my personality, and I don't know what yours is, is I'm bad at asking for that, you know, with my, with my wife. Mm-hmm. And so I, I consciously believe I don't need personal time or I don't yeah. really need sleep, you know? And I think that's yeah. just like my over optimistic, um, you know, just mindset, which is I think more of an entrepreneurial type, you know, tendency, like yeah. even when we're doing projects around the house, my wife, I, I'll say, oh, this will take like a week. I do a lot of like, 
remodel stuff around our house. I was like, I'll take a week. And yeah. my wife's like, really? Like, that's going to take like two months. And she's not saying it as a critique. She's yeah. like, we got a lot of stuff going on. You know, you can't, yeah. it's not like you can be working on this all the time. Yeah. But I consciously in my mind, it's like, I'm not trying to like be, I'm not trying to sell her on anything. You know, it's like, I really think yeah. that's how long it's going to take. Like that's, yeah. that's how I'm worried. So in the same yeah. way, how do I, how do we take personal time when we even don't think that we need it? Right. It's like, it's kind of like a habit. I, I don't really do a good job of this, which is like the same way I view habits of being with the family, being, doing habits just with my personal time. You know, I usually do it on the extremes where it's like, okay, I'm really feeling like I need some personal time. I'm going to yep. you know, take that time. So, yeah, yeah. I've, I mean, I've finally after, um, I've always had a really hard time. I've always just been, uh, you know, working. And then I started my business when I was working full time doing that in nights and weekends and just work, work, work. And then even as I started to get some free time as the business was doing well, I would fill that in with more work. And I felt guilty about it because I felt like, well, the whole purpose of this was to spend more time with my family, but I'm like, I'm not good at it or spend more time working on my fitness, but I'm not good at that. Like I, I, when I try to do it, I don't feel like I'm competent. I feel like I'm incompetent. Uh, so it's taken a long time and I finally just in the last six months or a year have started to really get better at carving time out and for, uh, you know, my own time for, I started taking yoga recently. I've been walking a little bit, walking the dog a lot. And then also getting more time in with the family. Um, but you know, it's been, it's been, uh, it's been tough and it's, it's weird. It's something that doesn't always make sense. Like why it, it can be, uh, you know, free time can be tough. Like my wife was, uh, I've been trying to encourage my wife to take time off, you know, Thursday nights. I'm like, Hey, get out of the house, you know, cause she's mm -hmm. with the kids all the time. She homeschools. We have three kids. We have a one-year-old, so she's not sleeping that good all the time. And so I'm like, hey, you get out, you do whatever you want to do. And she's been starting to do that more. Uh, but a lot of times she's like, I, I don't know what to do with myself, you know. Uh, so I think it's, 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 um, it's a skill you have to build as a, as a parent, uh, just as a person in general, to kind of take time out for yourself, you know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we're in the same boat. We, you know, we have four kids and my wife homeschools. And, you know, she, I think it's a process for her too. To, to take personal time, even if she's like, sometimes during the day, she'll, she'll just be like, um, you know, the kids were just playing or I just sat on the couch and kind of read for, you know, 10 minutes and had a coffee, you know, and she's yeah. like, I'm not going to worry about, you know, what they're doing. I mean, <laughs> within reason, obviously, but it's like yeah. taking yeah. a small time out and being like, you know, I just need to, I need to chill out for a minute. I remember when it's funny. I remember when we had our first, our first and, um, he would scream like at night, like he was just, uh, he did not oh, sleep well. He screamed like crazy. He had like colic yeah. and stuff. And we had oh, this okay. apartment where it was like, it was kind of like you could walk in a circle around it. Like the bedroom was on one side and there was like a bathroom. So basically you could walk through all the rooms in a circle. Yeah. And so I would just walk that circle with him. You know, he's like, he's like screaming. And I just put him back down in his crib and I'm like, I went over to my wife. I'm like, I'm going to go crazy. Like he, he, He's better off in the crib. I just need to take like, I need to step outside into the cold air. <laughs> just get, like, like just for like a minute, you know, like yeah. he's fine. He's, you know, he's fine. He's in the crib. He's screaming, but yeah. like, I just need to do this. And it's like, yeah. 
it's funny like that that's kind of how it gets but in a different way you know with older kids you're just like okay, i'm gonna lose it i'm gonna lose my freaking mind if I i'm gonna lose my mind yeah, yeah. And, I, and and you know i mean i think my wife is definitely built differently than i am she has so much more patience and you know for me a couple of hours with a kid that's screaming I'm, I'm done you know and for her that's you know her day-to-day is like if there's a couple of hours where a kid isn't screaming during the day that's you know <laughs> that's a good day um so it's uh definitely definitely built different um so how are you guys liking uh homeschooling homeschooling, homeschooling has been good it's um so my wife had a little more experience than I did. She was homeschooled up until high school and then went to public high school and she's the oldest of eight kids. So she, I mean, she had more exposure to kind of being a more of a not parent figure, but she, you know, she was the oldest in the family, more responsibility and and all that. Um, So she had more experience going into it. Um, I'm the youngest of four. Um, We were homeschooled for like four years in there all in grade school. But um we, we found that homeschooling is really interesting because there's a lot of things that you don't necessarily have to be, you don't necessarily have to homeschool, but are really baked into homeschooling, which is like um, just being more um, aware of child's learning styles, um, mm. you know, and, and catering to those learning styles and then really just giving them opportunities to build those things. So like my son who is, he was slower to read, um, but is really just math oriented, just really encouraging him on the math side, but like not discouraging him saying he's behind on the reading side, you know, and just kind of letting him develop it as, as at his own pace. Um, my, my five-year-old daughter, um, she was the opposite. Um, she like read really quickly. Um, yeah. I mean, she's starting to read now, but maybe she it was just, it was picking up on it was so much easier for her and the math was slower. So it's like, if you're trying to force them, you know, on a certain kind of um, schedule, then that can be really detrimental because then they get self-conscious about it. And, and I think the thing that's interesting about that is like, you can beat the love of learning out of them at a young age and you can't like compensate for that later. Like if they, Right. And that's, that's, that's the unfortunate thing. That's, that's where I think like there's a lot of value in homeschooling, but it's not, it's more about like teaching them a love of learning and a general curiosity and how do you stoke the natural curiosity that's there? Yeah. Um, that's what it's about, you know, and you can yeah. do that. That's not mutually exclusive to homeschooling. You can do right. that even if your kid's in traditional school, it's kind of how you do that around the home and how you talk to them about those things, right. you know, does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, is that similar to what you guys have? Yeah, it, yeah, definitely. And I think, um, for us, you know, one of the things my wife always says is that, you know, she likes to call it home education and she says, everybody, everybody does that to some extent, regardless of where their kids go to school in the way that you're, you know, teaching your kids and, and things like that at home. And on the, on the skill side, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a little, it's scary, like, especially, you know, we don't have a lot of experience with homeschooling. So I'm, I'm kind of like trusting my wife and she's great at what she does, but I'm like, I hope this is going to work out. I hope my kids are going to learn to read, you know, <laughs> I remember when, when my daughter, you know, was three and four and five and you got people that are putting their kids in pre preschool and when they're three and they're starting to read, 
And I think pushing it too early and uh, just as kind of a performance oriented thing. And, and so my, my daughter wasn't reading yet, but then I think when she was six, it just caught and like she just was excited about reading. She starts, she reads on her own. She's like one of the best readers I know um, and she enjoys it. And so it was a little scary, like when you see other, you know, um, kids maybe reading faster, doing certain things faster, but it's so rewarding when you see them pick things up and really love them uh, and have like a genuine passionate excitement about what they're doing. Cause I mean, that's really what it's at the end of the day, if you can find something you're excited about um, that you can work in, that's it. You're done. Your, your work is done because the majority of what somebody's going to learn is going to be on the job, in their career. It's going to be self-directed. You know, you have to, you have to learn how to learn, you know? So if you right. can get somebody to, to find something that they love to do, um, I think that's really the, the name of the game. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, th I think you hit on something, which is kind of like just the whole comparison thing. And the man, that is, that's a dangerous slippery slope that I think we're all prone to. I think yeah. fathers probably more than, than mothers, maybe yeah. not, but I think you're kind of always wanting to be like, okay, where's my kid rank? You know, how are they doing? Right. <laughs> like ahead of the pack. And right. I think, like, I think that's, like Go ahead. I was going to say, sorry, I was saying my wife is not really into tests. And, you know, there's different ways to look at tests. Some people are very into tests, some people not so much, standardized tests. But I was always like, hey, are we going to get through some tests? Like, I, you know, <laughs> I was yeah. always like, I want to see how they're doing on tests. And she kind of pushed back on it. And I think there's a place for them. But yeah, it's just definitely true in our case. Yeah. And I think that's, it kind of, I mean, that, that whole conversation about, comparison I mean that kind of bleeds into like a social media discussion and all that where I think there's a lot of harm to be done in the whole comparison thing and just feeling like are you doing a good good enough job and the stress and stuff that, that creates and that kind of plays into the whole hustle and the whole attentiveness then to your family because you're you're constantly one to feel like you're not doing enough because so you have to work harder or attain right. a certain thing and I think it's just a dangerous slope. Right. And then when you see or, or, you know, fear that you see, you know, kind of the sins of the father becoming the, the sins of the children, you know, so to speak, you see them with the same hangups or anxieties that you have and you go, Oh God, I, I really want to do everything I can for them to not have, you know, some of the same issues that I have. Uh, but, but some of that is, I think can be kind of inevitable. Like I'm a, I'm a pretty anxious person in general and I'm, you know, I work on that, you know, I'm, I'm doing things that go actually yoga has been really helpful for that. Uh, but you know, and then you see your kids biting their nails, maybe a little anxious and you go, Oh gosh, I gotta, you know, I gotta, gotta get them to deal with that better and, and, you know, just be able to relax and be kids and enjoy life, you know? Yeah. And I think one thing that I feel like my wife has, has um, been more of a proponent for than I have most times is like just treating the kids more like adults, like in the way that um, talking to them about maybe those, those um, pressures or whatever that you're dealing with and then how you deal with them. And obviously like a six-year-old, you know, can't really comprehend that that well. But I think the earlier the better in that regard 
in saying, instead of trying to treat that, like have a kind of hierarchy and trying to, you know, thumbs down kind of thing. And just saying, this is just cause I said, so is like trying to at least treat them and, and speak to them like they're adults. You're obviously still the parent. You're not, I'm not advocating for, you know, yeah. just letting them do whatever they want. Yeah. But I think there's a, there's a, I think treating the treating kids like kids and, and teach it and talking to kids like kids can have a lot of negative downstream effects um, that are not always good, you know? Yeah. I think so. It's like, okay, even talking to your kids about the anxiety thing and saying, you know, that's why, that's why I go to yoga because it helps me physically exert myself. And, and when I'm, when I'm working out and I'm, I'm doing that, that helps me balance my anxiety because I get worried about these certain things. And that as, as I think as a, as a father, you do, I don't like that because it's like, you want to like be the strong rock, right? Like you want right. to say, no, I have all the answers. I have it all together. Right. And I think I struggle with that a lot. Um, you know, with the kids and even with my wife, it's like just being vulnerable a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. I think there's a lot more, I think that at the end of the day that comes across as more, um, you know, confident more or whatever meaningful. Say. Yeah. Yeah, it's like more meaningful. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, it's like, then they're going to say, Oh wow. Like, you know, my dad was, was wise enough to be self-aware about that thing. And he gave me tools to help me because I had those tendencies too, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, you know, whereas sometimes, you know, we can just, you know, quickly snap at them. Hey, stop biting your nails. Uh, which is just kind of, you know, snapping at the symptom versus, mm-hmm. Hey, what's going on there? How can we, you know, like address the underlying issue? I heard a, um, I love what you're saying about talking to your kids as adults. I heard a great podcast on the Tim Ferriss uh, show with um, Patrick Collison, who's, mm-hmm. who's the, uh, one of the co-founders of Stripe. And uh, he, that was one of the things he mentioned specifically was that his parents um, would uh, invite them to dinner. So if the parents were having dinner with other adults, they'd have them kind of sit at the table and interact and, and interact with conversation um, as with they were as as if they were adults, and that that was a huge part of them uh, him uh, developing and just becoming you know an independent thinker. Um, and so I think it, it's it's always really beautiful when we're you know our, our oldest is nine, and when we're sitting down with other adults, and then she kind of chimes in in the conversation, and you go like, man, you know, you're, you're like that was a really thoughtful thing to say. Um, I remember as she was growing up, you know, she's six, seven, and they don't quite track with the conversation. And yeah. sometimes they try to jump in, but they're kind of just cutting people off and they're not, they're not really under, like they're not really getting the conversation flow and you kind of try to teach them that. And then when you can see them come into it, like they like they get it and communicate something, you go, wow, like you're a smart little kid, you know? Yeah. So that is so interesting. I think the fact that, that is the one of the biggest arguments that people say about homeschooling, which is like, are, are the kids going to get socialized? Oh, God. And it's like, yeah. but we got to do a whole episode on that. That's a whole episode. <laughs> but it's like, I feel like that's one thing that's actually an advantage of homeschooling is just taking yeah. the kids and interacting with other adults, like through the day or whatever you have to do, they actually become more socialized and more yeah. um, able to speak with adults than other kids. And, I think that's huge. I had um, Nathan Barry, who's the founder of ConvertKit, on the podcast, um, and that's oh, what. Oh gosh, he was that's another fantastic guest. 
he's great. It was great. Actually, I haven't published the episode yet. In probably next week, I'll publish it. But he said that's one thing that his parents did for with him is you know really institute that and and have them speak to adults from a really young age and teach them that. And he said he told the story of he was five or six and they were at a store and he's like, Hey mom, where's this toy that he wanted to look at or whatever. And he, she goes, well, there's a guy that works at the store. Why don't you go ask him where you can find that? And he goes over to the guy and the guy goes, to him, he's like, well, hello, little boy. How are you today? You want to see the toy? And he comes back and he's like, to his mom, like, what's that guy's deal? He's like, is he like drunk or something? You know, <laughs> because it's like so used to it. And it's interesting that story because it shows how you kind of put kids in a box from a communication perspective when yeah. they can actually comprehend. And like you said, your daughter adding to that conversation, like when they're at a young age, you know, and why wouldn't you want them to do that? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Because then they have to make that leap sometime. Right. And if you're yeah. delaying that and then you're constantly putting them in this box, like that's not a healthy thing, you know, which is yeah. kind of a weird juxtaposition of, with uh, homeschooling because you, you don't want to force the education, you know, the, I should say the, the academics, you know, of it yeah. Um, yeah. sooner than needed. But um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, um, speaking of uh, yoga, I'm getting ready to jump into class right now. Um, but it was, uh, it was great to chat. And uh, again, I'll, I'll uh, in the intro to the show, I'll, I'll give some links out to all your stuff. But uh, any, anything you want to point people to before we wrap up here? No, I think the podcast, just go to two cent, the number two centdad.com is where you can find the blog and the podcast. You can look it up on Apple Podcasts and stuff. And happy to get any feedback from anyone that hears this. You can drop me a line at mike at two centdad.com. Um, would love to hear your thoughts or struggles, you know, and so we can get more content and talk about the things that are, you're going through. Awesome. Thanks, man. Appreciate it.